This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Whitmer here, along with Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. It's weird to say that. Usually, when I'm a host, I don't get to say with Dave Oster anymore. It's been a long time. Me and you are usually on that side of the table. Yeah, a lot of room here over here today. (laughs) Well, yeah, you don't have my fat ass over there (laughs) keeping up all the room, but (laughs) you might be wondering, hey, guys, two things. First off, this is the primetime, or not the primetime, behind the pen. It's BTP. And there's no Mike Rankin. Yep. And second off, you might be thinking, guys, we can actually see your faces. Hello, I can see your faces, too. And, you know, Dave and I filling in for Mike Rankin this week, a little busy, said, you know what? I can't do the podcast. I'm like, don't worry, bud. I got you covered. Calling in, calling in the lefty here in Dave Oster, the ringer. Because, Ricky, we got a fever. Because we got a fever. And the only thing that can top it is more Bulls talk. So we're going to talk Chicago Bulls. Kind of keep... Keep the feature, like what what you're used to here when you're coming to Behind the Pen. And that is Bulls talk, that is Chicago, just sports talk in general. And then Dave and I, we like NBA. We're on the fast break together, so we're going to talk a little Cleveland Cavaliers. So I mean, they did just lose the championship like two days ago. They did lose the championship, and also it is wonderful to talk about what they could do in free agency because their contracts are messed up, and they got to trade somebody if they want to make a move this offseason, but Dave, we're going to start with the Bulls, a kind of two-part conversation, so if you're on YouTube, you'll have to wait day one, day two, but if you're on Blog Talk Radio, you're going to be able to listen to this the whole way through, and also, if you're on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or Stitcher, thank you guys for giving us the download and the listen today, but Dave, part one, we're going to start with the draft when it comes to the Bulls, and I'm just going to put the question out, Frank, to you, and just lay it out there. Number 16th overall is where we're drafting in the first round. Who should we take? Who do we pick at number 16? It's a lot of pressure, man. It's <laughs> a lot of pressure. You're Gar Foreman. Who you picking? Oh, if, if who I'm, you picking? If I'm Gar Foreman, <laughs> if I'm John Paxson, I'm gonna, uh, Justin Jackson, that's your pick. I, I think they're going Justin Jackson, and that seems like the obvious answer. It's a little bit of a cop-out in my mind. Uh, it, it's a safer pick. It's someone who mm-hmm. has had time to develop in college. It's someone who you know what you're going to get out of. Um, he has the range with his shot. His shot is very fluid. He has pretty decent defense. I know the quickness is in question, but he should translate pretty well at the NBA level. But again, it just feels like it's like, you know how last year we did Denzel Valentine? Mm-hmm. Didn't feel that good to pick Denzel, did it? Well, it wasn't the sexy pick. And no. Like you said, there's like two things. Before we started to record, you're like, the Justin Jackson pick, because one of the mock drafts we saw had it, you're like, yeah, that's kind of like Denzel. It's not the sexy pick. And then I made the comment of, is there a sexy pick here at 16? Or will we get to 16 and it'll be like, well, all the sexy players are gone. All the ones where it's like, that guy is the guy to help us. I think that's when you start to roll the dice. I mean, getting role players is great. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. And that's how you fill out a team. But at this point, you know, the the direction of the team is in question. And I think it has been in question ever since, you know, uh, we lost our our fearless leader in – God, Tom Thibodeau, you know, a- after he was gone, management clearly disagreed. We, we brought mm-hmm. Hoiberg, you know, he's had two years. One completely different philosophy. One defense, one offense. Yep, yep. And, uh, you know, we can't say much about that offense mm-hmm. production because it has not been existent. True. So w- with a team with some aging veterans, uh, you know, possibly under contract, you know, not, not guaranteed, 
it, it all comes down to where do we want to go with this team? And in the draft, I feel like picking Justin Jackson is making a decision for us. That's mm-hmm. saying we're going to give it another shot and another playoff push. So we're getting a guy who can be an impactful player. Again, it's that, you know, his floor and his ceiling are fairly close together. So it's a safer pick, but same time, like, man, I could roll the dice on some of these guys and be like, you know, maybe it'll be a bust, but same mm-hmm. side, like, you'll never end up, if you're picking this late in the draft, you're not going to get a superstar unless you take a risk. Well, and that's why, to me, there's really two ways we can go with this pick. The first one is, it's exactly what I did in our mock draft that we did for the Fast Break podcast, and that was going with a power forward, but going with a guy who can continue the mold of the stretch four. So like a TJ Leaf, a Tyler Lydon type player, a guy that you can put at the four, have him be that guy to stretch the floor, kind of space things out. Because I know that you mentioned before we started recording that there are rumors that we're going to end up giving Nico the money to keep him here. I don't necessarily... That would be a move that I don't know if I'd necessarily agree with. I wouldn't care if we let Nico walk, but I don't want, like, I fear when you say, yeah, we're going to go ahead and give him the money. I fear that this management's going to be like, yeah, we gave him money and now we're trapped. And well, now it's not April, and he only plays well in April. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the unfortunate thing with uh, Nico in our situation is he's had several years with us, and he has never consistently performed at a at a good level, mm-hmm. it's he's seriously, it's like here one day, gone the next. He'll show up at the end of the season to give you that little bit of hope going into next year. You'll feel a little confidence. And then he shows up again in October and November. And it's like, wh- who, who is this scrub on our team who is absolutely off off the pick and roll? His three point shooting's inconsistent and just total defensive liability. And yeah, I mean, that's the problem. We went after, and w- that's the question is, do you feel like they'd go with another power forward after doing Bobby Portis? you know, just two years ago and seeing a little bit of flashes out of him as well. But again, overall disappointing. Mm-hmm. If they're going to, the way I'm looking at it is if we're giving Nico the money, we're not going to go with a guy that's going to be just a power forward. So if we give Nico the money, you can count out John Collins, Jared Allen, you can still kind of see because we can play him at the center. The only thing yep. I kind of look at that, though, is why would we draft a center? I know you could need a backup because Rolo's not going to play every minute, but we have Rolo for this upcoming year and the year after. The guy I'm looking at, and this might be a guy where, as a rookie, he wouldn't be expected to A-step in and be the starter right away. You can work it, but when he's out there, he can stretch the floor. I like Luke Kennard. And the main reason why we're going to get to the free agent conversation in part two of this Bulls discussion. Yep. But the reason I, the one of the main reasons I like Luke Kennard at 16 is because everything that I have read has kind of mentioned. And when people like mention names that would be good fits for the Bulls, they're like, man, could you imagine if with that 20, around 21 mil that we have in um, cap space right now, if we just, left all the restricted free agents off the board and just went off after one player. If we could bring in J.J. Redick to kind of space out the floor, man, man, wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't we? Wouldn't that be good to get a shooter like that? Well, Luke Kennard could be that kind of a shooter, being yeah. the sharpshooting combo guard that he is. And also with that is I say he wouldn't have to step in and start because at the shooting guard position, we already have D. Wade out there. Yeah. And I mean, we could also kind of mix things up a little bit. Number one, 
D Wade was injured most of last year, so there's most. There's going to definitely, played, played like, especially late in the year. Okay, he was injured, so that means that could happen again. Luke Kennard could have an opportunity to start, and even after this year, after D Wade is officially off the books, maybe we could move to the you know what. Luke Kennard has developed into our sharpshooting shooting guard. We have Jimmy at the three, and then it becomes next year in the draft or free agency, who's going to be that point guard that we go out and get, hopefully that Rondo can stay healthy and be our main point guard for the rest of the season. No, I think that's a fairly good strategy. I think Kennard um, is honestly one of the guys who's kind of been a late riser as, mm-hmm. of, uh, as of this last week. I think there's a lot of potential with him because – he is someone who, unfortunately, garnishes the comparisons to uh, Doug McDermott, to uh, uh, Nick Stauskas, to, to all these high scores in college mm-hmm. uh, who, you know, while they were fantastic shooters in college, it didn't their game didn't translate well enough to the NBA level. McDermott, I mean, I, I want to say Jerry's still off, but it's been a while. We know what he can and he can't do. Uh, but personally, I think that Kennard has uh, the ability to actually create his own shot, which is the big thing that separates him out from these other guys. And the ability to create your own shot at, at a shooting guard position is fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's decent with a ball in his hand. He never was really relied on heavily to be the primary ball handler. But I think that, you know, as a, I don't want combo guard's too strong, but like, I wouldn't feel awful. It's like last year. Like, somehow Zipser ended up, you know, as a point forward for yeah. us at points in the game, which is just downright shameful. Well, and so also, we need somebody else who can be comfortable with the ball in their hand. Well, and you mentioned, because um, one of the things I was going to say, you mentioned how. Um, he can create his own shot. What he could also do for us is because he's not that great of a finisher when it comes to being a guard, he could also be a guy where it's like, hey, I'm just going to sit out there. Jimmy, when you drive, if you create too much people coming in on you, I'll be there. Look for me. I'll be open. Kind of like what we've seen the Warriors do. Yeah. Drive in. Oh, hey, there's Clay. What up, Clay? And then Clay hits the open yeah, shot. Yeah, I mean, unselfish basketball has proven again that mm-hmm. it, it's just the the correct way to go as long as you have the three point shooting to support it. Rod Hoiberg, we know, you know, where he had his success, it was due to the three point shot and having the right guys for the system. He hasn't had the right guys for the system here. Um, the concern, and I'll, I'll pose it again: it's it's past drafts. When do we give up on these guys? We, if we're saying we're going shooting guard with Kennard, mm-hmm. does that mean Denzel Valentine, who didn't get a ton of playing time last year, did get some, but looked very disappointed when he was at the NBA level? He was not keeping up D League. He was like weirdly lights out shooting. But I mean, what what do you do with him? Because now he's a 23 year old uh, shooting guard with one year under his belt and only you know handful of games well, at the I mean, NBA level. Look at campaign as well. He's a young player. That, I want to do well, it's I mean he's a young player. Yeah, he's as only well twenty two. He's younger. That guard packs is kind of like when he talked about campaign when we got him, point guard of the future. He's our he's our future point guard, which doesn't look that good now. I don't know what he it was doesn't smoking. Look, like both of those players and I was excited when we got Denzel Valentine because I liked what he brought to the Michigan State Spartans and I thought he could bring that at least off the bench for us for the Bulls, there's a name I actually want to bring up to you because I was looking today at an article on um, bloggable.com, which is the SB Nation Bulls site, and this is what the headline reads. I'm going to read you the headline and then ask you about the player. Terrence Ferguson, or Terrence Ferguson is everything the Chicago Bulls need in a Jimmy Butler compliment. How would you feel if we got Ferguson with the 16th overall pick? I like That's a bit of a reach. If you look at our mock draft, we're rolling the dice, and that's what I like. I, I think at this point we have to make a stab at something because it, it's that 
level of NBA purgatory where mm-hmm. you're not good enough to be a an actual legitimate contender, but you're not bad enough to be a lottery team. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to strike gold on a free gimme at the top of the you know NBA draft. So you have to make some moves that. You know, gain role players, sure, you can fill out a roster with role players, but that lands you in the same realm of where the Celtics are now, where they're searching desperately for that superstar guy. And that's on top of hitting the gold mine with Isaiah Thomas at a bargain contract coming off of, you know, a bad trade. So, mm-hmm. like, I mean, role players are great. They're not going to win you a championship. They're going to win you, you know, 40 games, and that's about it. So we have Jimmy Butler right now. And that's a right now statement. You have to put that in like huge, you know, well, because bold there's always trade rumors around Jimmy Butler when he gets to the end of his contract, and, which is he's got next year, the year after, and then the player option right. year if he wants it. Right. And as far as this organization and the way it's run with its mm-hmm. management, there's always question whether, you know, people would actually want to stay here for the well, long run. And so. still, you got to think the, that player option year, I mention it. He ain't going to take that player option because he's going to want to cash in. Oh, yeah. New, he's going to want to cash in on the money that already he has seen guys cash in on. The thing that I think of with Ferguson, and maybe it's because I'm thinking of a Luke Kennard and kind of um, comparing them because Terrence Ferguson coming in would also kind of fit that same guard position that Luke Kennard would be. The big thing that I look at, the difference between them is – a, Ferguson is more of an athlete to me than Luke Kennard. Absolutely. And number two, I think Ferguson's a longer project or more of a project than um, Kennard. And I think you got to look at it this way. I'm going to use the example of what we just saw in the finals. In this day in the NBA, and I actually heard, I think it was Carmen and Yurko were talking about it today. It was either them or Waddle and Sylvie, where in today's NBA, mm-hmm. the guys kind of... Like a LeBron James. They kind of lean on their athleticism more than back in the day. Absolutely. Where it's a more athletic league. We're talking about athletes left and right. However, what do you want to go with? Do you want to go with the athlete side, which I'm going to use the um, example of like LeBron, or do you want to go with just the shooting side and the less athletic, which I'm going to look at the Warriors? Which one won the finals? The more athletic team? Or the team that played, they played team basketball, but they were pure shooters and made their shots. I I think that's discrediting some of the athleticism on the Warriors. Someone Mm -hmm. like Draymond Green, who has the size and the quickness to go, you know, both ways, one through five. I mean, the the transition games, the Warriors still have that transition game. But now I'm talking pure athlete. You're looking at LeBron James. That's what I'm saying. Um, And with me, I would maybe look at that and go... Which do we want? Do we want to go with a guy who is a streaky shoot, would have to work on more consistent shooting? I mean, I look at Ferguson's shot chart, I'm seeing a lot of red from beyond the arc, where you look at Kennard's shot chart, it's pure green except for under the basket. Yeah. Pure green. No, no, and I completely understand that. The difference is Kennard's also 21 and mm-hmm. Ferguson's 19. Yeah. So, it, well, it is going to be more of a project. He has the time and room to grow. And he's got the body for the NBA. His shot, well, it's streaky. He has the correct shooting motion, mm-hmm. which is all you really need. You need that basis to build off I mean, of. It's a building at, block. Look at Buddy Heal. Once he got the right shoot, well, the right shooting hand, yeah, he Jesus. was able to score points. No, and that's the thing. So it's it's as long as there is you know some room for potential growth mm-hmm. there. Streakiness is fine. You can learn to work with streakiness. You can calm down players. You can get them in a rhythm and a groove. That's fine. I, I think the biggest thing here is whether you want to go for someone Ferguson who is just physically more athletic and can be a 
dynamic player versus Kennard, who elite shooting skills, but at the same time, he's not going to give you as much all-around game. He might not be the best two-way player. He'll give you effort, but mm-hmm. he won't be like a lockdown defender. And Ferguson, there's that room to grow because you do have that really good wingspan on someone who's 6'7". So, honestly, it's one of those cases where, for me, I think Ferguson's a roll of the dice. It's a long-term project, but also, again, it's that floor-to-ceiling ratio. We, we've seen and what... And how quick is he going to get there? Because Jimmy's only got two years with us. Two guaranteed years with Until us. Until we have to pay up. Right, if he decides to stay. Yeah. So, Kennard, again, if he's there, which I I think I mocked mm-hmm. him earlier than the Bulls as well, but if he's there, that would be great for uh, the Bulls. Uh, Ferguson's a roll of the dice. I, li- I like going wild card this year because, again, this is one of the deeper drafts in the NBA uh, in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. At least up front, we understand yeah. that. And that's the thing, always. It's easier to look back, hindsight's twenty twenty. But I like rolling the dice in this case because we could get somebody who has legit star potential this late in the draft. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that at this point for the Bulls as an organization, if you say Kennard, if you say Justin Jackson, that's great, and I know where we're going. We're going to be a 40-45 to 45 win team for the next two years, and that's probably it. We're not going to compete for a championship. We're not going to be able to get past that. And then at that point, it's what do we have? Do we have a good core of role players? Do we have mm-hmm. has anyone stepped up out of their potential zone that we've kind of evaluated them already and gone beyond that and become you know really one of our stud players, or are we just gonna be stuck with here here's you know three and a half role players and uh, Jimmy's walking? And I mean, looking at the mock draft that we had just came out with, where you can see picks. Um, 11 to 20 on the YouTube channel or on Block Talk Radio backslash the fast break. Yep. Um, I had Luke Kennard at 12 to the Pistons. Both you and Sean had him to the Bulls. So okay. You actually had Good. Kennard going to yeah. the Bulls, but you didn't have him going anywhere further than that 16. I, I like Luke Kennard. I mean, the only other player that I hadn't mentioned yet that – I didn't only because now you're saying, like you brought up to me before we started recording the whole Nico thing. Yeah. The other player I would think about if we weren't going to sign Nico would be TJ Leaf. Only because, yet again, a shooter, because that's what we need to space out the floor, but he can bring that at the power forward situation. But I don't know. If I'm picking between Ferguson and Kennard, you might be able to argue with me and say, hey, you know what? Ferguson would be the perfect complement to Jimmy Butler. My only question would be, because he's 19 and he's that project, when is he going to get there? Yeah. Will it be after it's too late to be Jimmy Butler's perfect complement piece? That's why I would go at Kennard, who can give me shooting maybe right away. Yeah, he wouldn't have he has to an adjust NBA range. longer. Um, but I want to move on into the part two. Before we do that, if you're on YouTube, let us know down below what you guys think. In the comment section, if you're a Bulls fan, let me know who are you picking at 16 and let me know what players you're hoping are there. One that we didn't mention that I really hope is there. I just don't think he will be there. I don't think he gets out of the top 10 as Donovan Mitchell. If he's there, I would take him because then he can play either the shooting guard or develop into a point guard behind Rajon Rondo. And point guard is really one of the big positions that we need moving forward as well. But Dave, let's move into topic number two. And you know what? Before we start the topic, 
I got. I gotta let you. Gotta let you have your. The one thing I forgot to let you do last topic is uh, who. Who would you hope to be at sixteen, Dave? Oh, you, thank you. You mentioned. Thank you, you mentioned so much. while we were in between these for the YouTube recording that I got to mention nah, Donovan I mean, Mitchell and you did. If there's a guy who falls, um, and, and I'm hopeful, it would probably be OG. Uh, obviously, we don't know a ton about his health uh, coming off that injury, but it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, if he if he falls to uh, us, absolutely take him. Absolutely. Just the potential, the upside, as long as he can return to close to what he was before mm-hmm. injury, worth the risk. And that was a guy on the fan-sided Bulls uh, blog that said, if we're going athleticism, that would be one of the guys we could take at 16. But what I want to focus on in this part two is away from the draft, more towards free agency and kind of what's the blueprint for this Bulls team and how do we build around Jimmy Butler? We mentioned in the draft part, and part one, if you're just joining us on YouTube, make sure to check out part one on the YouTube channel. We talked about Jimmy Butler. He's only got basically two years left with the Bulls. He'll, he won't take his player option because he'll want to cash in on the big money that he'll be getting with the the cap, how it's been going up ever since he's been on this contract. Really, I'll ask you, if you're Gar Foreman, how do we build around Jimmy Butler? What do we have to do for this year and for the future. It's it's a tough case because to build around Jimmy Butler is also to build around who is your coach as mm-hmm. well because your coach has a system for the player. Usually it doesn't work the other way around unless you're an absolute superstar like LeBron James where you are the coach as yeah. well. So with and Jimmy, the GM and the owner. Yeah, with Jimmy you're playing under Hoiberg at the moment and Hoiberg's system is, we, we mentioned this earlier, it was heavily reliant on the three ball and passing the ball all about the movement, fine. We can work with that at the NBA level. We watch how successful it can be with the right assets on your team. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler is unfortunately not like a prototypical guy you want. He's not a he's not a point forward for you. He is still um, he's still super valuable, but it's one of those things where he's good at a lot of things, but he doesn't really excel at uh, passing the ball out while driving to the hole. So you're not going to get those kickouts like you expect. The one thing with him for me is more like if you can bring any semblance of spacing to this team, we really wanted it from the power forward position. We had both Nico and Bobby there. Both of them really failed to be consistent throughout any part of this entire year. So, I mean, you're at a whiff there. Uh, you have Robin Lopez down in the low post. Solid solid guy. No, no trouble there. But then you end up in the backcourt and you're at a question mark. And that's honestly, for me, the way you build around Jimmy Butler is to get him uh, a point guard of the future, someone he can be matched up with and get that uh, synergy going on because it does take a little bit of time to get used to new guys on a team. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if it really is Rondo, if Rondo is our long-term solution, I'm okay with that. I can just be like, sure, fine, let's do it. Let's let it roll. But then Dwayne Wade obviously isn't. So it's next steps See, there. And that was interesting because there is an article on ESPN that's saying, well, there are two that I was going to bring up. The first one was from last week where – Apparently, Jimmy Butler, it had happened a month ago, but they're just finalizing it now where Mm -hmm. he is signing a new agent. He now has an agent and isn't by himself anymore. Everyone, the Tribune, reported that, and everyone was like, oh, well, does this mean that he's gearing up to leave the Bulls or start negotiations for that new contract? And then also an article with D. Wade where apparently he met with uh, Gar Pax had a very positive meeting about the future of the Bulls of for this next season and what the roster is going to look like because D-Wade has until June 27th to decide whether he's going to take that 
$23.8 million yeah. dollar option and yeah. just kind of weigh out what the roster is going to look like. So it looks like D. Wade's going to take that option. I mean, who's going to turn down money. that much money? Who's going to pay him that much? No one else. Because if he wants to go play with his buddy LeBron in Cleveland, they got to, A, we're going to talk about that, get some cap room, and B, he's not going to make nearly that much money no. anywhere that he goes. And then with Rondo, it's kind of an interesting situation because we can pay him the just over $13 million for this year, but because it's not guaranteed, we could just pay him three thousand and let him walk if we wanted to. I don't see that happening. Yeah. I see the last two games, although it's just two games he played for us. Oh no, Rondo's it was the, the last month. No, but give I'm the man saying credit. Those last two, that's when the hype really went up for Rondo, where it's like when yeah, we sure were, for casual fans, and when everyone he was doing something different the last month, he and, was already in playoff mode, and when everyone was like, "Oh my god, if we if Rondo wouldn't have got hurt." We would have beat the Celtics. That we would have beat the Cavs. We would have beat the Cavs. Too. You're right, Dave. <laughs> but that really boosted it up. And it did. In my mind, especially, I was like, you know what? We're keeping Rondo. The thing I think we need to do for this year is it's interesting because with all the contracts, if Wade accepts his player option and we give um, Rondo money and also um, Isaiah Cannon is on a um, non-guaranteed as well. We either pay him $1.5 million or it would be three million. It'd be less. I don't know the exact number, but we'd give them some sort of money and let them walk. We can decide there. But right now, we're looking at just above eighty million dollars of cap. The yep. projected cap is supposed to be at like a hundred and one for this upcoming year. So that gives us around twenty-one or a little under twenty-one million to work with. And I know we have four restricted free agents on our board, but. The thing I look at with this team is I know we got to bring someone in from the draft and we need shooting. And there was one name I looked at. I don't think we're going to get him, but this would be my dream list guy to bring in. And that would be JJ Redick. Yeah. I mean, he would fit. I mean, and if you're saying, well, Ricky, you just said the last in the last segment, you're going to go Luke Kennard. More shooting would be better, I guess. But yeah, but I mean, if we're going Luke Kennard, we might not have to pay for JJ. But I look at these shooting guards that are out there and the like ones that are just going to give us shooting. Unless you want to bring try to bring Kyle Korver back. I mean, there's going to be we're either going to not be able. Let's be honest, JJ Reddick's we're probably not going to get him because we won't have enough money. And I know there are also rumors that oh, can Jimmy Butler? Uh, kind of persuade Kyle Lowry to come over and play for the Bulls? I don't think Zero so. Zero chance. I don't also. think I don't again, I don't think we have the but enough again, money to get that high. With Wade under agency. contract, I don't know that we go out and drop a ton of money on mm-hmm. a shooting guard. I think we get someone serviceable or you let it roll on, you know, the draft we'll find out before, obviously. Mm-hmm. If we're if we have any faith in Denzel Valentine for the future, if we get another uh guard in the draft. I, I mean otherwise I could see us going for someone like a Jonathan Simmons he is a restricted free agent from San Antonio, but we did see a huge amount of hype from him at the end of this year, uh, especially in the playoffs. So someone's going to offer him some money. Why not us? I mean, I'm okay with letting uh, a couple of our restricted free agents walk because, look, Joffrey, none, zero interest. I mean, it, it was a trash. It, it was a trash trade. Like mm-hmm. we we, fla- we flat out got fleeced we, in that trade. We knew he was going right. to walk though. Michael Carter Williams, hot dumpster fire. Uh, Felicio actually has value, uh, but mm-hmm. we're probably not going to have to pay a ton to keep him. And it, it just comes down to uh, Nico. If if someone's going to make an offer that we want to match, 
or you know what makes sense for us so in my mind i'm like you know what i'd like to get someone who has been in a great system good pedigree he's a little bit older which is obviously the biggest knock against him Mm -hmm. but i like simmons i think that he could be a good fit here in chicago coming off that bench leading that second team in scoring and he he's pretty fearless actually too so and remind me he's with the spurs again right Correct. that's interesting because the guy that i'm looking at i'm looking at a point guard that he's going to get a little bit more money this offseason also played in the Spurs system that I would not be upset if we brought him in to be the backup behind Rajon Rondo, and that's Patty Mills. I wouldn't be upset if we brought in Patty Mills as well. I don't know how much we would have to pay him, right. but... I mean, Pat, Patty is more of a two-guard, but still. He could play the point, I know though. he can. I know. And I know. we only need, for this next season, my biggest worry with the point guard is... We need someone behind Rondo to, A, obviously play when he's on the bench, but also play if he gets hurt. I do not want another situation where Rondo goes down and the season is shot. Or Rondo goes down and our playoff series yeah, is shot. Yeah, wa- watching that attempt at uh, at a point guard position. Because I don't care what Boston fans say, Dave, we would have beat him. We would have swept him that series. No, no, that's fair. We and and Patty is a point him. guard. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. He, he totally is actually a point guard. Well, he just, the only he's thing a scoring guard first. Because he, like, he he's can a shoot threes first. as yeah. well. So it kind of plays to both things we would need. A guy who can shoot from beyond the arc and a guy who can be our backup at point guard. Yeah, I, I understand the the serious concern of getting a, a point guard. The problem is, it's like you're not going to... Well, let's just run through the list real quick for mm-hmm. me. It's Lowry's not going to come here. That's yeah. that's pretty much guaranteed. Chris Paul's not going to come here. No, Chris Paul's going to want to get paid. Yeah, or, or you know, win a championship. The only guys, We can't help him with either of those. The only guys that you're going to get... Drew Holiday and, is a mystery, and, because, and he's only a mystery because of his injury leads to the question of mm-hmm. value. And is anyone going to overpay for him? Or, you know, will he stay where he's at because New Orleans has a chance to have something really interesting with their current setup of two bigs mm-hmm. who are just ridiculous. Well, I mean, I was going to look at anyone below Holiday, too. Yeah, that's fair. Like, Jeff Teague, is Indiana going to try to re-sign him? I know they have yep. the Paul George situation to kind of get through, and right, he's right. going to walk at the end. Do you bring Derrick Rose back? How much money is Derrick Rose <gasps> going to want in the offseason? Come on. A guy I also look at, and this is, I know that people are going to say, well, Ricky, we kind of saw what he was during the NBA Finals, but as a backup for one year, if you can get him on a one-year deal, would be Darren Williams. However, I think Darren Williams might try to stay with the Cavs if he can or go to a team that's going to compete. But what like what guy that's below the top three of Lowry? Obviously, Steph is a right. point guard, but he's going to stay with Golden State. And CP3, would you want to look at if you're the Bulls? Because to me, that's the position we need. Because yeah. we're not going to get it in the draft. No, no, and that's that's fair. Well, we're not going to get out of our first pick. Our second mm-hmm. rounder could be a total surprise, and we could, yeah. you know, some outrageous play, but very unlikely. Uh, in my mind, I mean, we could shoot for the stars as far as the best of the rest and go with someone like Sean Livingston. I mean, the Warriors have a lot of money that is going to be dedicated to keeping Kevin Durant mm-hmm. and Steph Curry there. Livingston could be one of the guys who slips through the cracks. Not saying he will. So he's going to be like an ant. I'm trying to think like an not a Harrison Barnes where he gets paid, but more like an Andrew Bogut where it's like yeah. we got to get rid of him to keep yeah. the other guys around. And that that's my thought is he could be one guy who slips through because I think mm-hmm. it's between him and Iguodala. I don't know if they'll keep both unless they both take really friendly contracts, which I wouldn't blame him if mm-hmm. they did. 
because awesome situation over there with the Warriors. And plus, Livingston is a Chicago kid, or a Chicago guy, I should say, at this yeah. point. So, I mean, that would be kind of the, the interesting one for me because, you know, he's got that deadly mid-range shot. Um, and, again, playing for a great system, playing around great people, you do kind of soak up that and bring in that pedigree. And I'm sure, you know, <laughs> walking in the door with a couple of rings on your hand ain't going to look too bad either. Yeah, a couple, um, a couple rings on the hand into the, the yeah. halls where you see six of them hanging from the banner. No, I wouldn't. The thing there would be, like you said, like if I'm Livingston, I look at that team and go, how much you want to pay me? Pay me whatever you want because I just want a ring. <laughs> that, that's the only reason why I kind of looked at Livingston and I kind of looked past him. Plus, is Livingston a guy that we can lean on to be that pure second point guard? Oh, yeah. Because let's be honest, in Golden State, it's kind of been like, use me for whatever you want. No, I, I love Livingston. I think he's got a super versatile kit. And I think that, you know, had he not had that horrible injury in mm-hmm. his career, like he'd be a completely different player. But He's learned to adapt really well to what he got, and I honestly think that him on our him leading our second team wouldn't even question it. I mean, otherwise we're taking stabs at people like Brandon Jennings or, like you said, Derek Rose, mm-hmm. and I absolutely don't want to go down that route. I just I, I want to get away from the score heavy, um, all about me point guards. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being over vindictive about that, but like. You I want really do. Going to be passed first. I, I want to be the ball. more team ball. Get more people involved because, like, after watching Rondo and his impact on the young players, mm-hmm. his impact on being a true leader on this team, that's a guy with a pedigree who is a pass first point guard. And yeah, it might aggravate the fuck out of you when you're watching him pass up on open shots because he's going to look for that guy for the pass because he has more faith in them making a shot than he does in himself. Mm-hmm. Fair. I'll get angry about that a couple times, but <laughs> the amount of times that you're happy he pulled a pass out of nowhere and someone's wide open for a shot more than makes up for it. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm looking for a more traditional point guard, a pass first point guard who can help lead that second unit, who can score when called upon. You know, it's it's that gimme, you know, 10 and 10 and 5 range mm-hmm. is that would be pretty, pretty happy with that. So honestly, outside of that. It's it's more question marks because you could take a flyer on like a Ty Lawson. Mm-hmm. You could maybe I mean, I mean, there's a lot of guys who are just like, yeah, he could fill in for us for a year. But honestly, I don't feel good. I'd rather go young. Honestly, if I got the chance, go in the draft, find someone you really like, whether it's someone in the second round or we make some moves to get a younger player. Go find yourself a young point guard who has potential to grow under Rondo. Well, to I grow mean, we with traded for a young point guard last year. I mentioned him in I part have zero one. Zero campaign. And zero. We saw how that worked out. I'm not saying that no, every no. young point guard we bring in is going to be the same. He was trash in OKC. I don't know why people expected him to not be trash he, here. He had some flashy dance moves. Yeah. Him, yeah. him, him, him and Russ danced. When your a contribution times. is sideline dancing to with Russell Westbrook. That's not a basketball player I need on my team. Dur- during the pregame when yeah. they had their fancy dance moves. Do we, no, I'm all about the youth movement, though. Does this team look to any other options outside of the guards? And the one that I kind of look at is, and maybe this is just me and feeding into those rumors that you kind of hear out there, is there any way that we like maybe throw a flyer at Taj and say, hey, want to come back? Want want to come back, big guy, or are you going to Minnesota? I mean, I I have a feeling like he's not going to want to come back. It's not saying he left on bad terms mm-hmm. by any means. You know, we all understood the situation, but it's just a matter of like, what are you coming back for? You you know, you're not going to win yeah. a championship with this current roster. Mm-hmm. You could Plus, get do yourself you fit in the system too. Yeah, you could get yourself in with a team like you said, Minnesota, mm-hmm. where we 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 kind of assume because of the, um, the, Thibodeau. the Thibodeau connection. 
and get on get in on the ground level with a team of rising stars mm-hmm. who are look like they're absolutely ready to take over the league in the next you know three four years so honestly if i were him i wouldn't come here i don't blame him and but this, we're a big market so mm-hmm. i think like we have some ability to pull in people but it just comes to the question of like are we really going to go for a top tier player in free agency i have very little faith in us pulling well, the trigger on that and that's why the whole when i saw the articles about the jimmy butler kyle lowry yeah. connection that intrigued me because i'm like you know what? Like, Jimmy Butler's been the guy, like, the whole reason, one of the reasons why, I guess, D-Wade decided to come here was Jimmy was texting him on the phone, like, hey, come to Chicago. Like, Jimmy Butler is different than Derrick Rose. When Der- when Mello was doing the whole recruitment thing, yeah. and Derrick Rose was like, nah, I don't do that. If you want to come here, come here. If not, we cool. Jimmy Butler's different. Jimmy Butler's the guy, hey, come here, let's win championships. However... We're still on the side of, well, Jimmy, in two years, are you going to be like, yeah, I can win here? Or are you going to be like, oh, L.A. looks pretty good out there. Ooh, Boston looks pretty good. Another team. Are you going to go somewhere else for your brand? Because this is a player league and it's all about getting your brand bigger and bigger. I mean, don't don't feel like you're restricted. I I totally agree with the uh, sports. I get Mm -hmm. these sports is unrational. We get angry when players leave their hometowns. Or leave but the town that's where we playing. that's where we live. Mobility is yeah so free now. They've earned it. it. It like that's how the NBA is now. And I wonder if Kyle Lowry, who last year his contract was at um, twelve mil. Of course, yep. it's going to be a little bit more this year. Is there like I know at the beginning we kind of wrote it off, but I look at that and I just I think and I go, can Jimmy Butler per- really persuade him? To, to take a, a $20 million to contract. To go away from Toronto and say, this is what we got. And if we're signing Nico, it's going to be a little bit less than 20 Yeah. Because we're going to have to sign oh, Nico. We could eat luxury sign tax. Nico, I guess. But does it? Does Jimmy Butler actually be, is he able to bring Lowry in? Because if he is, this I mean, team, you look at this that team one, changes. It does. Rondo goes to the two, can work with the Rondo young guys. Rondo does not. Oh. No, the the second point guard yes, is what I'm thank saying. You. The backup point guard. Like, Rondo is no, 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 the shooting no, no, guard. No, not the shooting guard. The second point guard. <laughs> yeah. Kyle Lowry is your starting point guard. Yep. And that changes our team oh, drastically. Huge. And the chemistry between Butler and Lowry when they work together in the um, USA basketball they have that together, so that is something that we can use. And then on I, top of that, you have D Wade, mm-hmm. and yeah, that that one through three is looking really, that, really good. It changes. The things. The problem is, you know, you have a non yeah, you have a non consistent four mm-hmm. uh, at both, you know, your starter and backup, and then your five. You have Rolo, solid five behind him. Felicio, Jerry's still out. I mean, he he's a good backup player See, at best. And this is where this is where I hate the NBA season. So, and the reason why mm-hmm. I hate it is free agency needs to be before the draft. <laughs> and the reason why is if free agency was before the draft, if Jimmy could get this done, bring in Kyle Lowry, then in the draft the Bulls could address that four spot and go, hey, let's go with a Jared Allen, let's go with a Collins, let's go with a Leiden for yep. sure that we can address that four because. The Bulls are basically in a rock and a hard place. It's either what we talk about and what we talked about in part one of where do you go? Well, right now we need shooting and a and a guard. Take this person. 
But then if Jimmy Butler is able to persuade Lowry to come in, then we would have, if both of us went with just, let's just say, Kennard for um, argument's sake, then you've got Wade, Kennard, Butler, Rondo, and Lowry all there at the 1, 2, and and 3. And Denzel. Like, that is a clogged kind of backcourt. And then it's like, oh, there's Rolo, and then whatever we had, the slop that we have at the four. Because I like Bobby Portis. When Bobby Portis is on fire, yeah. he's amazing, and he's getting the he team going, he always. but he's not always on fire. No. And that's the problem I have And with you said there, there's two real needs for this team, and mm-hmm. you know, trying to fill them out in a year where we're not drafting high enough to get those elite point guards in the mm-hmm. draft. So it's either take a flyer on a risk, uh, like I said earlier, or we end up with you know same old role players, and it, it's just kind of like we're pushing the cart along. So. The other option, and uh, I know this is a, how do we build around Jimmy Butler? Please tell me you're going where I think I was going to go before we go to the Cavs. You, you got to move Jimmy Butler then, Do we right? trade him? That's exactly where I was going to go. We're going to talk about the Cavs in the last segment. Dave, I was going to ask you, do we trade, like to contradict everything this segment's been about, do we just say screw it and move him this offseason? Let, let me preface this with, okay. we know the Bulls won't be able to win a championship this year. Or next probably year. Probably next year as well. With the current roster. But so can we compete? To find compete. We, we can make it to the playoffs, sure. Okay. That doesn't do anything for me. We're though. not beating the Warriors. No. No, we're not We're not beating anyone of We're not of getting to the Warriors. So the thing is, it's like, I'm cool with building around Jimmy and just knowing that the fact that, you know, we need to m- make better contracts in the future for mm-hmm. our shooting guard and keep building around that, that's fine. But that means our window is probably... Three years out at least, four years in all seriousness, uh, unless we make some really crazy free agency moves. Mm -hmm. Barring that, if we want to do a rebuild at this point in time, you know, Dwayne Wade's done after this year with the Bulls. We're not going to pay him another $20 million to stay in Chicago. Rajon Rondo, done after this year with the Bulls, unless, you know, he wants to stay with the Bulls for some reason. But my mind is he's going to a contender. Yeah. So that leaves us with a whole lot of options as far as contracts and money. And as far as players on the board, like I honestly think if we could work a deal to get uh, Jimmy Butler out of town and get, you know, whether it's the Celtics mm-hmm. for the one and then some, uh, or if it's for, you know, mystery box somewhere else, I, I just think that the best way to address all of our needs is to go clean slate and build towards. If you have faith in Hoiberg, we're building towards Hoiberg's system with Hoiberg's guys and let him take a legitimate shot at it. And I understand that I I don't totally advocate the let's wait out the window, but you have to build up and know your win know your own window. Don't try to avoid the LeBron Golden State. It's just know your own window. And if we're not mm-hmm. going to be able to support Jimmy Butler during his prime, he's twenty seven now, so we have till he's thirty two. So we've got five years. It's not like urgent well, to get something done immediately. But if we can put him out there with some guys by year three, by year mm-hmm. four, we're in great position. If we can't and we don't have faith in our front office to there's no shame in just going you know what the best move for our team is to go get some young guys who have potential to be studs in this league again and who can we can build around on better contracts in a better time frame that fits for us here's the thing and this is what it comes down to with the jimmy butler trading um conversation that you have yep the thing that i mentioned earlier jimmy butler is a recruiter he is a guy that will text guys, be like, hey, what, what do you think about coming here playing? What era What era in basketball do we live in? What's everything that people are talking about after this last finals? It's a two-word term, Dave. 
Starts with an S. LeBron doesn't think he played for one, but he did in Miami. What super era? team. The super team era. Why? Part of me wonders, why trade Jimmy Butler and look at, okay, we can get a younger guy in here. We got Cap coming off. I look at maybe this next year, sign some low guys. Some guys that are like, okay, they're competent. We can get them in and Another get them 35, out. 41 season. I would be fine with an eight seed at the best. I would be fine for one more year to get weight off the books, to get Rondo off the books. I would like to re-sign him. It just depends on how much we would pay him. And then having a ton of cap to basically go, Jimmy, who do you want us to play? Who do you want us to bring in? We got the, we got the cheddar. Who do you want us to go for? We're building this around yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, You're our guy. Bring in your big three and let's do this. Like that's, that's assuming that's the era that, you know in. there there are people who want to come to Chicago at that point because they've mm-hmm. just watched us suck for two straight years. And you know what? I mean, we're still going to be ha- at that point. You're right. It'll be Jimmy and Robin. Like that's mm-hmm. it, unless any of our uh, you know rookies or first year guys end up sticking around. But everybody's on a reasonably low contract at that point. So you know we would have a ton of cash and free like agency, you, but I just you again, look at the names. Coming we see all this too. stuff. But I just don't have faith in the front office no, to pull I, the trigger on that kind of a move. This, this, we're using logic, and that's something Garpax nope. doesn't do. I just wonder twin powers. I think about the names that could like that everyone's talking about for the future. The Paul Georges. The I'm not even going to say LeBron. LeBron you can say LeBron come James. here anyways. Like the LeBron James, and I mean. The thing that, and this is going to get us into the Cavs segment I can know with LeBron is, and it depends on Jimmy's relationship with him, would Jimmy be able to sway him over or sway a Paul George over or sway a big guy over, two of them over to say, come, basically be the D-Wade of this Bulls team and say, come play with me. We got tons of cap room here. It's basically, we can come here and with you, with you and you and me, we can easily run this east the only problem is can he get the right guys in the right system and can hoiberg be the coach to beat the warriors that's the big question when your last two biggest fish in free agency prior, prior, to, Rondo? prior to this year were carlos boozer and mm-hmm. paul gasol who was 34 at the time i don't know how much you can pull into your town and those were mm-hmm. on good teams like those were legitimately good chicago bulls teams who were in the playoffs who were in the thick who could go deep and that's that's names you pull. You lost you can lost I, the lottery. Can I ask you this? And this will be the last thing sure. that we do before we move over to the Cavs. Do you think the big free agents are afraid to come here because of the shadow Jordan, of Jordan, the Jordan shadow, the Jordan cloud? I don't know if afraid. If I fail in like if LeBron came here and failed in the final, like if he came to the Bulls, let's say the decision he came to the Bulls, yep, got to that first final and lost. Oh. Like, we gave him shit for losing that first final. I don't know. Him, Bosch, Derrick Rose but probably would have been fine. I know. But if, let's say if everything yep. played out the same it did, yeah. but the jerseys were different, how many trade the bomb, get him out of town, he's nothing, but can't do anything to Jordan? Wouldn't have mattered I mean, to he would have got his two rings right after because that's what he did right away with the heat. But We, we probably would have like, been. Yeah. The way this city is, and maybe we've been spoiled, where in the 90s, think? we went to the finals, and it's like, if we went to the finals, we won the not finals. only were we winning, we weren't going to game seven. Yeah. None no. of this game seven I, I understand. And that, that, there, there is probably part of it where, you know, 
step in the shoes of a legend, mm-hmm. you know, the go to the game, it's it's hard to do. So I could see someone like LeBron where, you know, up to this point in his career, he's been kind of teetering on that line of like this. But now that he's three and five in finals, I don't think there's any fear left in him. Mm-hmm. I think he's just going to go do him. He's going to, whatever situation LA. makes best sense for him, that's fine. So I, I don't think it for everybody that's the case, but I think for mm-hmm. some people it might be. It might be a contributor to why they have, would avoid Chicago. But I think, look, we're the third biggest market in the United States. There's no big concern about that. Mm-hmm. Summers are hot here. Winters suck, though. <laughs> Unfortunately, basketball's played during the winter. Yeah. So after a game, do you want to go out on uh, you know Miami and go out on the beach, or do you want to go in Chicago and be you know like negative 12? Depends on where it's I can. No. Depends on where I can win the ring. That's where I want to go. And right now, that Good is answer. not Chicago. But Dave, speaking of the Cavaliers, we're going to move on to them, and they got a predicament that they're in. They can't beat the Warriors with Kevin Durant. It's ev- it's evident. It's like Reggie Miller said today on the Dan Patrick Show, or was yesterday one of the two. This series that we just saw in the NBA Finals was basically a gentleman sweep. That's what it was. It was a Fair gentleman enough. sweep, and. The Cavaliers need to do something. However, they don't have a lot of moves that they can do. Like free agency, they're pretty much locked down, basically because of the contracts of Tristan Thompson and J.R. Smith being a butt-ton of money. They have no free agents coming up this year. However, they have two guys in Tavares and Felder that are not guaranteed that they can pay some money to and let them walk. Here's the question I asked you. This offseason, should the Cavaliers trade either Kevin Love or Kyrie Irving to help the team in some way to maybe beat the Warriors? I think they have to. I think that uh, otherwise you're just being complacent. And without adding something, without changing anything, mm-hmm. how can you expect a different result? And the Warriors team we saw in the finals was just dominated in every fashion possible. LeBron James averaged a triple double in the finals, and nobody, and nobody even wanted to talk about. Like there were some people that mentioned it, but he averaged a triple double, and that wasn't the thing that we focused yeah. on the most. It was the, the fact Warriors. that you couldn't win, yeah, more than one game in which the refs were just atrocious. Mm-hmm. In. Um, I mean, it's it's almost shocking how far the gap is between these two teams. So, I don't think that there's anything that you can do to retool. This team, as is, to win a championship. I think that you do actually have to move a piece uh, because the situation you mentioned with contracts. Um, Tristan Thompson obviously uh, was a staple for them, gained up to that point and mm-hmm. definitely helped out, especially in that Celtic series. Uh, but he was not the Tristan Thompson of old. He was not the guy who uh, dominated the paint uh, for them in the last playoffs. So honestly, it was disappointing from him. It was disappointing from a lot of the role players. I think if you have to move someone, it's Kevin Love's the easy guy because mm-hmm. he had a really bad performance to finish out the finals. So I think that when it comes down to it, like he has the most value left on the table. So he's still a young enough guy, and he still has uh, a decent contract. You know, so it, it comes down to the point where it's like you're just in the middle. You're you know twenty two million, twenty four, twenty five mil. That's solid for a player of his caliber. And when he's the number one guy on the team or the number two guy on the team. He can shine, and when he gets to play his style of basketball, again, we've seen it back mm-hmm. in the Minnesota days when he's dropping 2020s all the time, but this is a Cavs system that he does not fit into. His play style, he's tried to adapt to it, but at the end of the day, 
it's just not the right fit. You know, it's it's square hole uh, with a round peg. It just mm-hmm. it's not going to work out perfectly for you. So, in my mind, Caleb's the odd man out. Um, you might have to you know use him plus something to uh, open up options for you, but you know moving him seems like the most logical option at this time. Well, and here's the thing that you got to think about too when it comes to moving either Kyrie or Love. I agree with you. K Love is the He's the one that you got to move because you're not going to look and say, hey, you know what? Let's get rid of our 25-year-old point guard. That's yeah, the number two LeBron James. Also, let's move the guy that in case LeBron leaves after next season could be the guy to still hold down the fort while we figure everything out. Yeah, let's get rid of him. Obviously, Kyrie is not the one that they would look to move. He should, He'd be there. Like It's an option of like maybe if the right offer was there. But it's not going to be there. Caleb is a guy that you're actively looking to shop because the thing that it looked like in this series was there was like one game where Caleb, it's like, wow, he actually got going. And I believe it was the game, he was three or four, where the entire Warrior Cavs team got going in that one. It's like, okay, they're going to win this one. Either or, they both had a chance to win the ones at home. The Warriors just stole away from them in game three. And the thing that I look at in Tristan Thompson and J.R. Smith, the thing that's the worst about them, they're both locked down for three years for Tristan Thompson and three years for J.R. if you decide to give him that last year. It's non-guaranteed that last year at about $15.6 million. You can still give him money and let him walk, and that's what you might do depending on how you are down there. But the thing that I think about with K-Love is what team is going to give you, because you're not going to be able, if you're going to trade for guys, because let's be honest, if you're trading K-Love, you're trading for a veteran, because LeBron James don't play with Rook. He doesn't play with you young are players. Correct. There's a reason why Wiggins isn't on this team. Exactly. And the thing that I was thinking about that a lot of people have mentioned is, man, the Cavs made the right move at the time to win a championship, but they made the wrong move for their longevity, and that was the Wiggins-K-Love trade. Bringing in K-Love K- did its job. Mission accomplished. You got a championship yep. from the Warriors. However, longevity now, now we're looking at it going, man, I'd, I'd like to have that young player on my team, especially how things are playing out in the long term. And with K-Love, everyone's talking, well, they can trade him for Carmelo Anthony. They can trade him for Jimmy Butler, for Paul George, for this vet, for that vet. The thing that I wonder is because you don't have a high, like, I wonder if one of those teams are going to go, yeah, you know what? We value our guy more than your guy. What draft pick are you going to give us? What they don't extra? Have, they don't have exactly. anything. They've already moved every piece they can. Exactly. Like, this Cavalier team is stuck between a rock and a rock. It's yeah. not even a hard place. It's just two teams that are not going to move, and the space is like this small, where it's like I can barely wiggle through it. Yeah. No, and that's fair. I, I honestly think like J.R. Smith's contract probably isn't the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. I know he didn't show up until like the end there, uh, but again, it's he's a streaky three-point shooter who can hit threes. I mean, he has the the classic like F, you know how like how stay. Uh, how Clay and Steph have like the FU three. Yeah. Like he's like the why the F not. Like yeah. it's like, oh, because I can. Like that's just how he goes. So, I mean, getting him involved, we saw the perks of that. It's just, I think that like Shumpert is probably the guy who he had 
in my mind, one of the worst series, and mm-hmm. to the point where I was like, I don't even want to see him on the floor anymore. Um, I think that if you can move him for someone, uh, same rough contract range, might be worth your time. You might have to do like a pick swap and that mm-hmm. to get him out of town. But K-Love for, if you want to go for Jimmy, for Paul George, for Carmelo Anthony, I think that's the best chance. And I think out of those three guys we listed, if I'm being realistic, it's probably going to be Carmelo Anthony. Um, I think a lot of it comes back down to the relationship with LeBron James. I think he, I think LeBron wouldn't mind playing with any of the three guys, but mm-hmm. Carmelo Anthony definitely fits in the most with LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. And the way that this team plays, and it, unfortunately watching this team play, there's such an ISO-heavy team. Like We're just adding more guys to that. And that's kind of a weird situation because we're talking about how much success the Warriors are having with this team, team ball, basketball, all this movement. But they do have, you know, KD to rely on when they need to mm-hmm. go ISO. If you look at um, Kyrie Irving, I think he had the most dribbles in like the playoff in, in that finals matchup. It was mm-hmm. like Will Bond was going on about this uh, today. And I was almost like Waddle and Sylvia or it something. Was. Mm-hmm. And it was a really interesting concept because you don't really think about how much time the ball stays in the hands of Kyrie Irving throughout the game and you'd expect you know LeBron James to be the guy but he gets the ball in his hands he looks for the open guy he's a passer he's a distributor first Kyrie Irving is more of that iso player so I think that if you want to get another piece to go with it you have to play in kind and Carmelo Anthony is the right choice it's just a matter Mm -hmm. of like will the Knicks comply you know when's their time right and that's one of the things that was brought up from I want to say it was either Doug Gottlieb or Colin Cowherd on the herd where they were talking about CP3, because everyone's like, well, you can move things around. That's the only way, first off, you're getting money if you're the Cavaliers, is you've got to move things around because you're going to be over in the luxury well, tax. Well, they're, they're paying luxury tax yeah, regardless. you're paying it because the cap is at 101 and you're well over that. You've got to move things around. The only thing you can offer a veteran right now is the veteran minimum, right. which CP3 wouldn't take. No, somebody However, else will, but not, not him. However, if you want to bring him in... Either one of them, Gottlieb or Cowherd, brought up the point of that wouldn't even be a good fit with LeBron because you, you'd be having the same problem that the Clippers are having with Blake and CP3 where both of them want the ball in their hand with LeBron and CP3. Both of those two would want the ball in their hands, right. and it doesn't fix the problem that you have right now where LeBron wants the ball in his hands in order for um, Kyrie to do his ISO thing. He needs the ball in his hands. And it so needs are we to be saying him. that Kyrie is the problem with the Cavs? He might be. And, like, the only reason I say, like, it's weird because K-Love, I can see why it's like, let's get rid of him. He hasn't performed as well as Kyrie and LeBron. Because Kyrie, look at it. When LeBron had 30-some points, Kyrie in some of those games was right behind him. Oh, yeah. And sometimes Kyrie had more points than LeBron. However, if LeBron's going to go to this... I'm going to pass the ball. To this, I'm going to pass the ball. Well, you can't have a guy that's all ISO. You can't have LeBron be your pass-first point guard or point forward. Yep. And you can't have Kyrie Irving, who's a ISO point guard. So if you, like, I would move Caleb first, but that's why I made the point of if there's an offer out there for Kyrie Irving, I'd look at it. I would look at it. I'd look and go, okay, let's think about this. It wouldn't just be a glance and then no it would be a what can this trade do for me because i mean kyrie irving if you want to keep lebron in town you gotta beat the warriors you gotta put a team together that can beat the warriors 
Because one thing we know about LeBron, it happened to him the first time in Cleveland. It happened to him at the end of his time in Miami. And it looks like it's happening now. He's starting to feel trapped. And LeBron don't like being trapped. No. When he when he feels trapped, what does he do? Bye, honey, and walks out the door. That's what he does to these honey, NBA but, uh, teams. Yeah. That's what he does to these NBA teams. Bye, and he walks right out the door to the first no. team that'll take him. And, and that's fair. The, the biggest, for me, like, we're, we're trying to point at one guy or the other to mm-hmm. say he's the reason. Honestly, the biggest problem is lack of a coach. If you had a coach with a system, with Ty, a scheme, then Ty you could... not that guy. No, he's not. He lets them play their game, which mm-hmm. credit due. There, there's something to be said about that, but when your team doesn't have the answers and they turn around and look at you and you're just getting stepped over again, I mean, what are you going <laughs> to do? I love that thing. You sent it to me <laughs> and Sean in the text group where oh, yeah. it was the press conference. He just thinks back of that, yep. uh, that step over. But, yeah, I there are so many times I look at Ty Lue and I go – I can't help but compare it to Eric Spolstra because that first year with the Heat, that first year, Don't. we love to make fun of Eric Spolstra. How, you know what, he's just LeBron's the head coach. But as it went on... I believed in Spolstra from the get-go. Eric Spolstra knew like and developed into that, no, 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 guys, this is what we're doing. I'm the coach, this is the system. And he actually was a coach. Ty Lue... Isn't a coach he has shown us nothing. He, he's and, shown us nothing. I think that if they had a solid presence on the sideline, mm-hmm. they could run a system and that it wouldn't be this blame game between Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love mm-hmm. or, or the entirely ghosted bench where, you know, LeBron James sits for two minutes and they're minus 13. Like, how is that even possible? How, how can you not let your, your best player sit down for two minutes without going negative double digits? That's insane to think about. So... But again, it's because you've invested so much money in these three players, and you've rewarded J.R. Smith, and you've rewarded uh, Iman Shumpert for two years of past performance, which you want to do because, like, hey, you helped us get a championship. We're going to give you yours because if we don't, Mm -hmm. we're we're even in a worse situation because they're still over the cap, so they can still only sign to the vet minimum. So it's like LeBron, I want to say just LeBron's way of moving from team to team is not great long term. It might get you the ring, which you're happy with. And mm-hmm. is that worth going through, you know, a couple years of garbage after because your whole system's screwed up? Maybe it is. I think it is for most LeBron's, teams. I think I would be okay with that. LeBron's way of building super teams, and I'm gonna say that because I don't care what LeBron James says, he's super been team. on a super team before. Maybe not this one, but Miami was. And I'm gonna give a shout out to um at Ty's bat or Ty's B ball slam who um, sent out a tweet and then put me in the reply so that I'd see it, and I actually retweeted it. He actually had a good point after the finals. He said Golden State built their team the right way through the draft. When you build through the draft as well as they did, it attracts big-time free agents. This has been happening for the last 30 years. Why is it suddenly wrong? Because the W's have done it better than anyone before. And the way I, that like we've lo- we're looking to two ways of how to build super teams. The Warriors have done it. We're going to draft the guys, let them develop. Like they had the, I want to say it was the GM of the Warriors on first take. And he said, yeah, we took a stab at Steph Curry. And with the ankles and everything, we gave him the um, prove it to us contract. And he did. Like that was a gamble that we made. But they went through the due diligence to draft Clay, to draft Draymond Green, to draft Stephon Curry. Whereas... LeBron's way of building super teams is I'm coming to this team, 
boom, 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 you're coming in. And a lot of times, if you do it like they did in Cleveland, you're trading away K-Love. You're not just trading away young players. I'm not saying that Anthony Bennett would have got you anything, but Andrew Wiggins was a key player that could have developed Deion Waiters. Deion Waiters. Looking who was doing like a flamethrower down there in Miami. With Miami. Yeah, flamethrower for the Heat. I yeah, like you that. Get that. But you're also giving away, like we mentioned, I'm like, oh, what about those draft picks? Oh, Ricky, they don't have any. Exactly. You're giving away those. And really what it seems is, like, and I don't want to put this all on LeBron, but it seems like when LeBron, ever since he left Cleveland that first time, when he comes and builds a super team in your city, it's kind of like a future killer. And it kind of mortgages you your get that, future. You, you are get, mortgaging your future, but you get that one ring and it doesn't matter. You're selling your soul to the devil I'll take the to baby get that bulls. ring. I'll take the baby bulls for another three years yeah. for another ring. Absolutely. Yeah. You're, even you're basically it. selling your soul to LeBron to get maybe one ring. And The, the difference Cleveland, is, though, like, like I, I get the, you know, oh, we'll give them credit for doing it the right way mm-hmm. for the worst. They had a bunch of picks. They it's panned lot, it's out. It's a lot of luck, too. The, yeah, I say it's a lot of luck mm-hmm. that all of your guys panned out the way they did and yeah. they put together, you know, that 73 win season they without also KD. Got, look at what the they fact did, that, though. They had Mark Jackson, good coach. Yep. They fire him, bring in Steve Kerr. Boom, next level. That first season with Steve Kerr, a whole nother level. Yeah. Just with the right coach, which. Cleveland doesn't have with Ty Lue. They do not have a coach. Um, so the the thing is, is also that l- the unknown factor of being able to pull in someone like Kevin Durant, which unheard of up to this point. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it was LeBron James was the first guy to leave, but you saw why. It was for the system. It was the I'm taking Bosch with me. We're going to do this thing up. And this is a guy who's leaving for a team that he lost to, and it was just that doesn't happen. So saying mm-hmm. that, you know, oh, they did it the right way, I'm like, Doing the right way through the draft, sure. The fact they won seven three games with that team and with minor free agent ads yeah. that were pi- like pivotal, like the Andre Iguodala pickup, mm-hmm. credit due there. Getting Kevin Durant and winning a championship is just kind of like, yeah, all right, whatever. I mean, I'm sorry, like, I don't want to give you too much credit for that because that's not him. a surprise. Not blame Who would for say it? no though? Yeah, I'm not going to. But blame I'm saying, like, as far as building him. a dynasty, yeah, doing it through the draft is the way that the NBA encourages you to it because mm-hmm. you have that salary control, you have that control over who's going to cost you how much money for the future, how much over the cap can you go in luxury, mm-hmm. because regardless, we own this guy's rights. So I think that like there's something we said about that, and seeing LeBron go to the next team. Just going to say it. He's probably going to go after yeah, once he's an unrestricted free agent again. Which will be after, I want to say, this next season is when he can walk away. 2018, he's, yeah. He's got the player option, and he's going to decline that. Yeah, so I'm going to see him going to a team that right now probably has a couple of good young kids on them right now. So what you're saying is L.A.? I mean, it's, what you're it, saying? it's one of... I'm not saying it because of that. Which I'm just is, saying which because is, the rumor out there is because, because his family is set in L.A. The media yeah. is in L.A. Mm-hmm. Everything that you want to do as if a professional after mm-hmm. after the NBA, your life, your career extends off. Yeah. L.A. is the correct place to go. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there, there's been a lot of talk, I think, on The Jump, on ESPN, yeah. on um, even FS1. Waddle and Sylvie haven't covered it yet because they don't care because yeah. it's not Chicago. Mm-hmm. But, like, the thing is, it's not just, like, my crazy idea. It's... But, this is being talked about for a serious reason. And here's my question, my mini question about the Lakers is, would he go there because the one thing, and we've seen it with LeBron, if he's going somewhere, he's going there with veteran talent. He don't, he ain't going to sit there and teach Andrew Wiggins how to play for two years. No. He's getting Kevin Love, who he knows can play. I would mean, may, still maybe you learn the lesson. Yeah. Maybe you learn the lesson that, hey, that's not sustainable for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe I go to a team that has some vets on there that some not. 
You know, maybe Paul George is already there. Who knows? Maybe Paul George is already there. But one of the one of the deals that is being said, and this is the one that because like I, I mentioned, there's the Mellow one, there's the Jimmy Butler one. But the one a lot of people are focusing on, and the Ringer actually had an article about it. Um, it says Cavs want to beat the Warriors, trade Kevin Love for Paul George. I'm putting you in the seat of the Cavaliers. Sure. What is your pitch to the Pacers to get Paul George and the key pieces, Kevin Love? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> so if I'm, uh, I'm the Cavs. You're the Cavs, and you want to like, what would you even? Paul say? George's contract is one year. Mm-hmm. Kevin Love's contract is three years. <laughs> now do the math with me here. Paul George ain't gonna stay in yeah. in Indiana after. So you got three years of Kevin Love or one year of Paul George. Mm-hmm. Which do you want? And that's it. That's and all you, you gotta say. You just do it straight. If it's if it fits with the cap, you just do it straight. Honestly, up. I think I think that the Cavs are probably getting fleeced in that one because you're not gonna resign mm-hmm. Paul George in, to a max contract. You're mm-hmm. not gonna resign um, LeBron James. LeBron James to a max contract unless they win a championship and they also suddenly become best friends. Mm-hmm. Unexpected, but possible. But like, I I just don't see that being the best solution unless it's a like here's one last one for you know LeBron before he leaves Cleveland again. Mm-hmm. If they want to do that, sure, that's fine. Because let's um, be honest, Indiana they, though, like Indiana knows that their time mm-hmm. is done. Like Paul George has all but said he's like, leaving. And the thing that's like the thing that's, and I can't even imagine what I, it feels yeah. like to be a Cavs fan right now. Because like we talked for most of this podcast about, because obviously we're Bulls fans. Like there's still that kind of hope where it's like, yeah, we know we're not going to make the finals. We know we're not going to win the finals. But we can still talk about what our team needs to do and what we're going to pick up here in the future here. If I'm a Cavs fan, my future is, well, I know if I keep this team, I'm going to the finals. I know if I get Paul George, I'm going to the finals. What makes me win the finals? Right. I don't think there's an answer, an easy answer to that. I mean, like, you, you get yourself Zaza Pachulia and have him step <laughs> under somebody, maybe. Uh, maybe. Maybe that, you do That's that. probably your best hope. Uh, honestly, it's like Warriors, Spurs, Cavs, mm-hmm. everybody else. And it's a long drop-off. And that's Most the thing. of the West and then the East. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you, you, know how that, you know how that works out. But the thing is, it's just that, like... The, the talent gap between mm. teams and, and talent of players, talent of coaching, the impact of that is, is crazy. And you're right. The, the difference is, like, if you swapped K-Love and Paul George, I don't think that, you know, it makes that big a difference. Might go to six games. That's probably it. I don't I don't foresee Paul George it making or breaking that. It did go to six games. They brought it I within, say. what, five was the deficit they brought it yeah, to they, they brought in the fourth close. quarter or at the beginning of the fourth quarter of that but last game? the thing is, it's just like, I don't know how you can contract magic yourself to a team that can beat this Warriors team if they keep it together. That It's it. It's just one of those things where I don't have an answer Unless a bunch of guys go really unselfish, take like the mm-hmm. David West route, ring chaser, I'm going to go get my ring and want to play for LeBron James and team mm-hmm. up against the Warriors. But honestly, I see it the other way. I think more people are going to go to the, I think the Warriors will be like, yeah, so we only have enough money to pay, you know, KD and Steph uh, and Andre Godal. And the rest of our guys are going to go. Who wants to come back on contracts for like, you mm-hmm. know, vet minimums for us? I bet you there's a line out the door. Well, and I mean the thing, too, with this past year, you can't really, to me, blame management for the – when it comes to Tristan Thompson and JR, 
blame management. Those are two contracts that are way bigger. Yeah, they than they, they overvalue Tristan's impact. But the thing I can't blame Cavs management for is this season. If LeBron wanted a guy, they got him. Darren Williams, he wanted a guy like Darren Williams, they got him. He wanted a guy like Corver Bird, they got Corver Bird. Like that's what they did, and it's like, a shame Bogut didn't work out. You know, I, what fifty three, fifty nine seconds was all yep. he lasted in Cleveland. Yep, before Very he got tenure. injured. And I mean, that could you might be sitting there going, "Well, if he played, it would have been a different series." Maybe, but like Dave said, it might have only gone to six then. Yeah, I it mean, might have been Warriors. It's one of those six, cases like where said. you just watched it when Golden State was mm-hmm. killing it. They had the depth to the bench. They had just every offensive answer, and that was a series where Clay Thompson. We didn't see the best Clay Thompson for, I mean, almost any of it. You didn't need to. And that's the crazy thing. All he had to do was play defense. You you watch the series where the, arguably one of the hottest shooters in the NBA. Draymond, too. Doesn't even have to Draymond didn't have a lot of points either. Yeah. But he played some good defense, got them rebounds, fired him up with that, fired him up with the tech. Yeah, that he got. Arguing that versus or, the sorry, thirty. Steve, Steve Kerr got the tech. I forgot. I, I forgot who we got didn't want the to tech. throw out Draymond. Yeah. Remember, we, yeah. we're cool with him. Yeah. We're cool with him. No, but when you have to rely on a thirty-four-year-old Channing Fry, a thirty-six-year-old Richard Jefferson mm-hmm. to play serious playoff minutes in the finals, you're probably already screwed. And so you're you're at a point with this Cavs team where you don't have the ability to go out and pay for top-tier free agents. So you have to make a deal to get mm-hmm. one of these one of your big three out of town to get back some sort of value. To make a to make a change to change the system, mm-hmm. you add in a coach who actually has any ability to coach a team. I think they can go back again. Like you said, they're going back to the finals probably, in all likelihood. LeBron, LeBron could play LeBron forty games could, next yeah. year in the regular season. Wouldn't well, matter. They're and, still going to walk back to the finals. And that's the thing that was most ridiculous. I think it was Carmen and Yurko um, a week ago or two weeks ago. We're talking, and they're like, the funniest thing about the East is LeBron could. LeBron could sit the entire regular season. The Cavs could be the eighth seed. LeBron, like maybe the first, like the last three weeks of the season, LeBron starts playing to like get into shape for the playoffs. Yep, they could come in as the eighth seed with LeBron and run through the East. Yeah, doesn't matter what seed they are. Clearly, this opens up the possibility that LeBron goes a uh, bow on this stuff, and he's going <laughs> to go play football for the first mm-hmm. half of the year. Goes just play like, with the Cleveland ah, Browns. Yep. <laughs> God, I'd feel bad for him. But no, I mean it's it's one of those situations. You're right. It's just LeBron is so good that mm-hmm. adding him to a team makes him an instant contender. That's why I have that fear. That's like Cleveland can go all in on this next year and make that deal for Paul George, mm-hmm. and you know swing anything else they can in uh, trades and vet minimums and everything. But it's knowing that that next year you're risking losing everything but, you know, Kyrie Irving. Well, and that's why the thing that I think that I'm leaning towards with this Cav team were I know we started with the big question was who do you trade, Kevin Love or Kyrie Irving? I I think the guys that I focus on are maybe I look for trading Tristan Thompson and Jr. Just yeah. to get those bad and contracts Shump. off the team. And Shump. I really hate Shump. I Just don't know why. get those bad contracts. Well, the thing with Shump and the reason why I wouldn't put him in there is depend, like Shump, I think you can wait until the trade deadline. And the reason why is he's got this upcoming season and then a player option. You might be saying, well, he's going to decline that option to bank up and then we can just say, no, you're gone. And then get rid of them that But again, way. how many years are you kind of not having LeBron James in town for? Well, one this next That's season. That's what I'm saying. So you either go all in for the championship next year 
or you potentially kiss goodbye, you know, the the future yeah, and you're stuck I, with whatever's I left. Would, so if I'm them, I Tristan Thompson, JR, and then like you said, I, I'll throw Shump in there. Try to just trade them to get them off the team to open up cap room. There's still no cap room on this team. And then try to see about moving K Love. It's you've got to move too many pieces on this yep. team to bring in a You're guy. You're pretty much rebuilding to, an entire team around LeBron and Kyrie mm-hmm. in one season. It's it's a big ask. And if they do none I'm, of it, they're I'm still glad, making the finals, probably. And I, am, and I am totally happy that I am not in the front office for the Cavaliers because I would be sweating right now. Yeah. I'd I mean, probably be sitting in my office sweating. And one thing, if you guys don't know, I'm not a big drinker, but I would probably be drinking. <laughs> I'd probably have like a rum and coke just sitting there going. Like, what what, the, what, what's your the answer to LeBron on coming back after that? Uh, what? The, the whole. If they if they go next year, they go to the finals, they lose again in the finals. He's gone. I think no matter like I think unless they win, he's gone. And I don't see them winning. I Fair don't enough. like if the Warriors well if the Warriors when the Cavs and the Warriors meet again for the fourth time, yep. Warriors will win. Because I mean, unless something happens and the Cavs do trade Kevin Love for Paul George, then we can talk about it. But even with Paul George, I mean I'm not sold that the Cavs can do enough to bring in enough yeah. to beat this Warriors team. The only way you're going to beat this Warriors team is if there's a huge injury. Unless you go Tanya Harding on them. Thank you. You're not going to That's my reference. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I made think, the Zaza I, one earlier. I think so, yeah. you didn't say it, so I, I, That's I'm going to bring in the Tanya. That's Unless fair. you go Tanya on the reigning uh, finals MVP, you're not going to win this game. You're not going to win this series. And the, the Warriors, we could be looking at our modern day dynasty like they they could be set it's up not ahead of a ourselves. couple more it's not gonna have ourselves i, I mean i'm saying that we first could. series could have been we really could. ugly for them and it could have been over mm-hmm. before it even started that's why i'm saying i'm saying we could be looking don't want to crown their ass well i i did because they just won the final so i'll crown their ass all i want dude <laughs> but any other things with the cavaliers or with i feel bad for sean because we're just shitting on his boy k-love yeah, that's that's mostly he, like he does love K Love. Yeah, he, but do you like skinny K Love or fat K Love? I'm more I'm more of a T Wolves fat K Love guy. <laughs> that's what that's what I am. Fair enough. I'm fair more enough. of a T Wolves K Love. But we're we're gonna wrap this up for behind the pen. Mike has let us borrow uh, behind the pen for it's long enough platform. to yep. to a be the the therapeutic talk of Bulls draft and Bulls free agency that me and you were talking um, off microphone that it's just it's it's therapeutic whenever we're able to just yeah. come in here and talk about the Bulls and then kind of take a look at the Cavaliers and just kind of talk about damned if you do damned if you don't. I don't know. I, I don't have a strict answer. I know that someone in the comment section is going to go, well, Rick, you asked a question and you don't know what to do. I don't know exactly what you to do. You guys tell us. I know they could, but yeah, you tell us down below in the comment section. Make sure to hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Ricky Widmer. Dave, he don't tweet. That's why it's Dave underscore don't underscore tweet. And then Most Valuable Podcast is at Most Valuable Pod. Also, besides hitting that like and subscribe button, go ahead and check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. Want to thank you guys for checking out Behind the Pen and thank you guys, or thanks to Mike Rankin for letting us kind of take over for him while he's off this week. Mike will be back next week, but as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.